Our communion meditation is in 1 Samuel. I'll read 1 Samuel chapter 1, starting at verse 8, and reading until 18. Then Elkanah, Hannah's husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not give your maidservant and but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? Put away your wine from you. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her her face was no longer sad. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it ministers to us even now in our day, that it teaches us, and that it proclaims your goodness. We ask you now to bless this word to our hearing. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. So this is the second message in this series, Hannah's Prayer, and last time was three weeks ago, so I'll just give you a brief recap. Uh, Hannah is one of two wives of Elkanah, and she had no children. I think it likely that she was the first wife, and therefore Elkanah married another woman, Panina, who then gave him both sons and daughters, which then caused her rival, the scripture says, Panina, to taunt her with that reality. So this went on for years. Hannah was miserable during that time. Yet, there was blessing here. There was uh, a silver lining here in that she was loved by her husband Elkanah. Yet, in a sense, he was part of the problem, not part of the solution. Because it was him marrying two wives that led to this in the first place. And then we come to this text that we have. They have traveled from their home to Shiloh. And it's their annual pilgrimage to do homage to the Lord. She had just uh, been at this meal and yet refused to eat. She did not want to eat. She had no appetite. And then she is in bitterness of soul, praying and weeping in anguish when she makes this Nazarite vow. She dedicates this as yet unborn, as yet perhaps even improbable or unlikely son that she's prayed for. She dedicates this unborn boy to the Lord as a Nazarite, 
No razor shall ever come upon his head. Eli, seeing her, Eli is the high priest, he sees her, and he thinks she's drunk. He jumps to conclusions here. Perhaps he's seen something like this before, but he's quick to accuse her of being drunk and, and banishing her. But she then shares this burden. No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I've drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but I've poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. So she confesses to him what she's just prayed, that she is in this dark place, essentially, and Eli then blesses her. He's quick to reverse his tack with her. He was quick to accuse her of being drunk, and yet now he's quick to affirm her in her desire to serve the Lord by having this male child. Now, I want to give you a couple of examples, examples from the life of Hannah here and examples from the life of Eli. First, verse 10. She was in bitterness of soul, prayed to the Lord, and wept in anguish. So you see three things here. She's in bitterness of soul. She prays to the Lord, and yet she weeps in anguish. So she's all caught up in this. This is her life. And she pleads with God, look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me. So I ask you, what is the affliction that she's complaining of? Has God afflicted her? Is she being afflicted? I think you have to go back to what we covered three weeks ago. And that is, her rival, this is in verse 6, Penina, her rival provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So she was enduring affliction, but I don't believe from God's perspective the affliction was primarily or even mostly that she had no children. It's that she's being ridiculed for being in that situation by her rival, Penina, who is probably jealous of the fact that Elkanah loves her. Here she is, she's given him many sons and daughters, and yet Elkanah still has this special place in his heart for Hannah. And I think Penina resents this. And so she runs roughshod over Hannah. Now what does Hannah do? That is what I want to point out to you. Proverbs 24, verses 17 and 18 read, Do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles, lest the Lord see it, and it displease him, and he turn away his wrath from him. Now, I realize that this is in the context of enemies, and yet I believe Panina is violating the wisdom behind this proverb. She is in a position of strength, and yet she's lording it over Hannah. And Hannah is responding well to this by not returning in kind. You could tell that Hannah is not that type of person. She isn't doing that. You would think that in the ways of the world that she would want to, that she might even be cut some slack if she were to, but she did not. So Hannah was not bitter towards Penina. Hannah, in verse, seven, in verse 15, it said that Hannah is of a sorrowful spirit. 
and she poured out her soul before the Lord. So you see that Hannah has done some things extremely well here. She has no children. She desperately wants them. But yet she's not responding to her rival Penina the way that the world would expect you to. She's not responding in kind, in bitterness, in vindictiveness. Ha ha, how can I love me more than you? She's not doing that at all. She's enduring. She's enduring these attacks from her rival. And she is taking it to God. She poured out her soul before the Lord. So she's not, she's not doing what ought not be done. She's not going off and gossiping or anything, but she does go to the Lord at this time and pour her heart out to him. And what does Eli do? Eli sees this. He suspects her of being drunk, and he's not going to ignore it. He's going to confront her. It's not easy to confront people when you think that they're caught up in sin like this. And yet Eli does. This is admirable. Now he jumped to conclusions, but yet then he quickly backtracks. And now he blesses her. He realizes his mistake. And he instead comforts her. Asks God's blessing upon her. Now Hannah poured out her soul before the Lord. Eli demonstrated that he was willing to get involved. First he confronted Hannah, but then that quickly turned to comfort. God sent Eli to Hannah to give her the comfort that she needed. Look at how last uh, week or three weeks ago it ended. Verse 7. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her, Penina provoked her. Therefore Hannah wept and did not eat. The title of the message three weeks ago was Hannah is miserable. And yet, look how our text ends today in verse 18. Hannah said, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Hannah's no longer miserable. What is she now? Give that some thought. What is Hannah now? What is it that she's thinking? What is it that she's feeling? I believe she's hopeful. She is hopeful that God has heard her prayer. She's had no affirmation other than what Eli has prayed for her. But what happened? What is at the core of what we witnessed? She didn't just bear her burden, her soul to the Lord. She ended up bearing it with another human being. God has made us to need that. And she was helped by that. She was given hope by what Eli said to her. Fairly brief. He just asked God's blessing upon her. And yet she goes away hopeful. She goes away comforted. All of us have need of this. All of us have need of getting out of our own depression, our own funk, so to speak, at times. And we might go to God. We might do all that Hannah did. God did well. We might be towing the line, yet we still might not be resolved of that until we've shared it with someone else who can bless us in this way. So when we come to the table, we come to the table not as individuals. We come as community. We need one another. God has blessed us with one another. We just don't always take advantage of it. We learn to be alone, and we sometimes suffer alone, when we need not, 
when we should and ought to speak to others, not just to God, but speak to others about what's going on. So as we come to the table today, let's covenant, let's promise that that will be what we do, that we will not share our burdens, keep them in our hearts, that we will share them with others. Lord God, we thank you. You have given us your word to guide us, to lead us. Uh, Your word is filled with wisdom. If only we would uh, find it and obey it. Lord, we are quick to judge uh, one another in many things, uh, just as Penina is here to taunt one another. And yet, Lord, grant us all kindness, kind hearts, uh, kind dispositions. In the year ahead, let us promise, as I prayed earlier, to seek opportunity to bless one another. Lord, we begin with this table with your blessing of us, and we ask you to make us a blessing to others. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.